Splendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There but for the grace of God, feel with me. with the mostest big shooter formerly on the radio now screaming into the internet as everybody likes to do appreciate you being a part of the show you can leave me a voicemail at 385-645-5375 mailbag at chatdukeshow.com and this is your little sampler platter Tor, you know when you there's my executive producer, Gigantor is Christian name. Uh, Tor, you know like when you go into Pizzeria Uno's and you're looking at that, uh, you want to go out for like a really nice meal, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to like go out and you want to you want to you want to vomit into the microphone. You want to really impress that octopus that you're dating, and uh, you're like, I'm gonna take her out to a really swanky meal at the Pizzeria Uno around the in Manassas, and. Um, you're like, what do I order? You know, like, do I get the extreme fajitas? Do I get the pizza shooters? Do I get the buffalo wings? You're like, oh, they've got a sampler platter. Perfect. It's the best of all the worlds. That's what this show is, isn't it? This episode today is our sampler platter. It is, and it's uh, it's nice to be recording this and getting it set up as I almost called the next octopus last night. Oh, no. <laughs> One of your, your former squid? I had no idea. Did she have a giant eye like a saucer, like a giant eyeball sitting in the side of her uh, her head there where, her, where she could retract it back into her shell? Very pretty eyes. I don't know what, what happened. I uh... You've dated hermit crabs before, correct? <laughs> That's how hard up you are. There's my guy, Tor. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Tor is a young man, uh, recently got out of college, and for whatever reason, he really likes uh, tentacle pornography, Japanese animated tentacle pornography, so... Uh, we like to speculate that perhaps he's into dating cephalopods, but that's not, I don't know why we start the show with that every day. There's no reason for it. So uh, if you are just checking this out or you stumbled across it on uh, Spotify or wherever you would find this program, um, we do a daily show, uh, Monday through Thursday. We drop a new fresh episode at 2 p.m. afternoon drive of the Chad Duke Show. You could subscri- uh, subscribe on chaddukeshow.com. Costs a couple of bucks, but uh, we think it's worth it. We absolutely think it's worth it. We think it's better than anything you're going to listen to, uh, certainly on terrestrial radio. And uh, it's probably a little bit cheaper than Sirius, to be honest with you. I don't even know uh, how much Sirius costs these days. But uh, cancel a couple of subscriptions. Disney Plus, you're not getting anything. Ah! What are you getting on Disney Plus? One half an hour, one twenty-two minute of WandaVision every Friday? I mean, there's nothing there. Um... Whether it's Hulu, you know, whether it's uh, the WWE Network, cancel them. Sign up on ChadDukeShow.com. You're going to like it way more. But we like to do this on Friday for everybody to get a little taste of, of what the show is like. And, uh, Tor, we had a hell of a week of shows this week. Uh, I actually came off of my quarantine for COVID, so we hit the ground running. Um, our buddy Eric Davis, who runs Fandango.com, came on to, to talk movies. He's going to be on the show. Uh, Scott Farrell, shot in the bear, shot in the bear, shake it He was on the show today talking about the Deshaun. Well, not today. Well, yeah, today. He's on the show today talking about the Deshaun Watson situation and uh, everything going on in the world of foosball. And then we also debuted a brand new segment, get requests all the time for food talk on the show. And so I'm very happy that this week we debuted the BMI, the Body Mass Index, where, uh, well, you just need to hear it for yourself. But, Tor, I don't know if you saw 
the BMI getting rave reviews from all of the uh, the filthy animals out there, the people listening to the show. People really dug that segment. They loved it. They dubbed that segment the best that we've done so far. Isn't that crazy? Because you don't think when Ant-Man's involved with the segment that he's going to get... But even Ant-Man got rave reviews. They said it was the most comfortable he's ever been on the mic. You know where that is? Because he was wearing that blast <laughs> shield that Kane used to wear down to the to the ring. And so he was, wanted to keep himself safe from all of the, uh, the disease out there. Um... So you're going to get a little taste of all of that today. And uh, if you like what you hear, head on over to ChadDukeShow.com. Sign up. We got about, uh, what, three weeks of episodes there. It's a great deal because if you sign up for a month, you get uh, you can go back and listen to the entire back catalog. Really good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, Texas trays. Mmm, delicious, crunchy, kettle-style tortilla chips. Small batch made right here with love and care and tenderness. Uh, in the great commonwealth of Virginia, they are naturally gluten-free. And they got the flavors, Jack. Texas Trays has got the flavors. Chipotle, the barbecue action, yellow corn, white corn. I like the spicy. They got the spicy flavor. Absolutely love them. And uh, it is universal from the feedback that we have gotten. There ain't no going back, man. It ain't like you can just then go down to the lo- local Piggly Wiggly Stop through a Kroger and pick yourself up a hint of lime Tostitos. It ain't going to suffice anymore. Those things break. You can't pile up three pounds of queso dip on a hint of lime Tostitos. You need the Texas Trays salsa shovels for that. And we got a deal for you right now. Wherever you may roam, if you're listening in Phoenix, if you're listening in Sacramento or Wichita or Baltimore, no matter where you live, we got listeners all over the country, Go to texastrays.com, T-R-E-Y-S, texastrays.com, and use the promo code DUKES5. That's right, DUKES5 at checkout, and you're going to get a discount. That's right, you're going to get some money back. Reinvest in some more tortilla chips, that's what I say. So, texastrays.com, use the promo code DUKES5, get yourself a discount, let them know you're listening to the show. You will love these chips, I guarantee it, especially for the Super Bowl, man, come on. Get it locked and loaded. Got the big game coming up on Sunday. You're going to want the Texas trays for all your seven-layer dips and your pico de gallo or whatever it is you're shoveling up your shovel hole on the floor. Uh, TexasTrays.com. Use the promo code DUKES5. And you're a convert, Tor. I know you are. You like to you like to gobble down the grub every once in a while. You're a growing boy. Those Texas trays, that's, gonna, that's the perfect modality of transportation for as much dip into your aperture as possible. As I was uh, annihilating four margaritas on the $5 margarita night last night. I don't night, believe it. I absolutely I, think that's an impossible situation. I was <laughs> I was uh, obviously uh, destroying the tortilla chips ahead of me with the, with the salsa. Where was so, $5 margarita night? Uh, El Paso. Oh, okay. You drove to El Paso, the uh, West Texas town? My, uh... My dad dropped me off. <laughs> oh, he dropped you off at the that. So you get so drunk, you have your father drop you off at the bar so you can drink five dollar margaritas. Yeah. Are you alone or do you meet people? No, I had I had a couple people. With All me. right, thank God. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I didn't want you to get in Ant Man territory. I wish there was anyone in my life whose parents didn't enable their alcoholism. I wish that was possible. Uh, speaking of enabled alcoholism, tonight, if you listen to this on Friday, uh, we do the Chad Duke Show Friday Night Hoot Nanny which we stream live on Facebook. So you can go to facebook.com slash Chad Duke show and watch for free and all the hijinks and the jocularity. That'll be this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're listening past when that is, uh, just check back with us whatever Friday. Uh, generally, we're doing one of those bad boys uh, for free for everybody to check out. All right, very cool. Let's start where we should. The great Scott Farrell tour. I know you've listened to him your whole life. I've listened to him my whole life. Uh, I would get home from working at Home Depot off West Stocks Road, a couple miles from where we are right now, and uh, I would flip on the last hour of the Sports Junkies, and I would fire up my PlayStation 1, and I would play uh, Resident Evil until the replay of Monday Nitro started. WCW Monday Nitro, the replay started, and in between then, I would listen to about two hours of Scott Farrell every single night, Hour of the Junkies. Two hours of Scott Farrell while playing Resident Evil and then watch the replay of Money Nitro. <laughs> I was a winner, Tor. There wasn't much 
It, there wasn't nothing was balls deep at that point, if you know what I mean. I was balls deep in a giant bag of Utz cheese curls, probably at that point, and that is about it. But uh, Pharrell has been in my radio rotation for as long as I can remember, and that's why it's always a thrill to check in with him, like we did this week on the Chad Duke Show. Chad Duke Show on a good-looking Thursday. We've got breaking NFL news everywhere, and one of the best in the business. One of my favorite people. On Earth, a guy that I've listened to for years, incredibly talented and irreverent, and was way ahead on being a gambling degenerate before it became incredibly mainstream. My guy and yours, Mr. Scott Farrell, joins me on the program as we live and breathe. Scotty, always great to catch up with you, buddy. How are you? Dude, what's up? Hey, so you know that uh, scene down in, in Houston, right? So yeah. going back to my days at uh, CBS, I uh, there was a, a point where I went on the air on record as saying that um, this is several years ago, right? I said that everyone hates uh, Bill O'Brien, and uh, <laughs> and then and not only that, I named names, right? So I I just flat out came right out with it, and I said, "There's there's this guy, that guy. They all hate him. They hate him, Dad. Like he's a he's a dick." And uh, and then what happened was. The people that I basically named uh, all were, you know, wussies. And when rubber met the road, they all denied that they ever that they ever felt that way or said that or anything. And then everyone in the marketplace attacked me uh, on the radio or otherwise, saying that I'm out of line, uh, that I'm crazy, that I can't be uh, trusted, that I'm uh, insane and, and that I'm making up stories. It's a dangerous, uh, line I'm towing. Meanwhile, um, it was fact. It was, it was fact, right? So one thing led to another, one of the players called me up and like, it's like, dude, what are you doing to me? I'm like, well, I'm doing what you need to do. What you need to do is just come right out with it. Cause y'all hate him dead. Sure. So why don't you just get rid of him? And then he's like, just stay out of my business. And I'm like, yeah, no problem, bro. So I went on the air and I just said, Bill O'Brien's a dickhead. <laughs> okay. So here's to all you soft ass wussies that think I'm uh, insane. Uh, he's the, the ringleader of, of dickheads. And then one thing led to another. And then how funny is it that two years later, whatever it is, he got fired. Yeah. He's a dickhead, <laughs> and they all hated him. They all hated him, and they finally got rid of him. And then they blame it on, you know, we're going uh, different directions where we mutually agreed upon and amicable and all this other bullshit. <laughs> and really what it was was uh, he's a dickhead, and they finally got rid of him. And then not only that, how does this get better? It gets better in that now with him gone, all the other powers that be, which is a nice way of saying in Portuguese, uh, rich white guys, they all get uh, made for being dickheads. And now the whole organization is crumbling because everyone in the organization hates each other. Players hate the, uh, the owner. Players hate the new GM, Casario. Players hate uh, Easterby. Uh, there isn't anyone that likes anybody. The quarterback wants out. Uh, your own superstar, J.J. Watt, he's he's like walking over to the quarterback going, I'm sorry we let you down, and sorry we work for such assholes. <laughs> and now look at the organization. Like, no one wants to play there, and everybody's going crazy over this story, right? And here I am laughing because I said it years ago. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I said that when I was in like year six at CBS. I was there eight years. And then I'll never forget the heat I took for it. And then not only that, like, I know the player's father, right? And the father turned on me and I'm like, well, you're a pussy too. Okay. So say one word to me and I'll smack your face. Cause I, I will smack you in the face, like both sides of your face. I'm crazy, Chad. And yes. I'll fucking do it. I know. And so I love seeing that organization. I have, look, I swear to God, I have no rooting interest whatsoever in being mean toward the city of Houston or the organization. Seriously, I could care less. I'm a, I'm a fucking Steeler fan. So I'm just telling you what I knew 
to be true based on a bunch of players that I knew that didn't like him. Right. It all started with me just saying, no one likes the guy. He's not going to last. And then they all said I was, you know, you know, starting stuff. And I, well, I guess I, I did because I guess I was, what, what do they say in France? I was fucking right. <laughs> That's what they say in France. <laughs> Yeah. That's what they're known for saying over there. This guy, I, do you think they'll trade him? I mean, like, honestly, well, they have to. They're going to be forced to trade him. Scotty, these guys, I mean, what is he, 24, 25 years old? I mean, you don't, you get like Matt Flynn's and, and Matt Castle's that become available, or, you know, Tom Brady when he's 42 years old. You don't get, you know, first round picks, top seven, six, five quarterbacks uh, at the beginning of their prime. Those guys don't just become available. And, I, you know, they got them over a barrel because everybody knows what you're talking about, the acrimony going on down there. But how do you even begin to decide what the market is? Is the hard deck three first-round picks? I mean, what are we talking about here? Well, I think the guy, uh, first of all, if he has balls, he's going to he's gonna hold out. Sure. He's not going to ever show up again for work. <laughs> That'll be that. They can't just, uh, in my view, you know, Let's face it, in sports now, strong arming works. Sure. I mean, it does. Like, uh, look at Harden. And he's another guy coming out of that city. What is it in Town? The water? Oh, no. I don't know what it is, but all I know is if that guy doesn't show up for work ever, uh, what are they going to do? I mean, what are they going to do? Like, you, they own him. I get all of that. But that doesn't mean shit when uh, the guy doesn't show up for work ever. If he can do what Le'Veon Bell did, Look, Le'Veon Bell got his way, got his money, and then he's now completely worthless. <laughs> like, he's, he's literally, uh, he couldn't play in a flag football game on Thanksgiving Day. Like, honestly, with your friends. He's finished in the NFL. Let's face facts, he is, right? He's, he's talking about going to the Super Bowl. That's so funny. My friends have more juice than him at the Super Bowl, drinking fucking martinis outside the parking lot of the stadium <laughs> than Le'Veon Bell has. But my point is, that he strong-armed the Steelers, sat out for a year, got a, a, a pay raise like enormous money from the Jets, never played more than 20 downs for him, and was worthless, went to Kansas City. He's never done jack. And so I know it's a different situation with a quarterback, but one thing leads to another. If he doesn't show for work, that's when the problems start. And how long can they last with a guy that doesn't show up to be their star quarterback? You know, one season, they won't last in that battle. So I think that's where it's headed. At least uh, if you've got stones, you're going to, you know, you, you're not going to show up for work. I sure. Mean, these guys like um, Harden showed up for work and then he half-assed it, right? He went like 60%. He was scoring 18 a night. The guy's good for 30 a night with a beer buzz on. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he could smoke bowls and score 30 <laughs> So I know that uh, guys that don't show up for work become a problem. Like, I haven't been at work all week. <laughs> I've been off all week, <laughs> and they're mad at me. They get mad at me when I take off. I always joke uh, with them. I'm like, you never said anything to me when I work 10 straight months, never missing a day. And then I miss a week, and I'm suddenly a bad person. It's weird how uh, you go on vacation, and suddenly you're a dick. Yeah. But I know that uh, guys that don't show up for work in the NFL eventually get their way. Uh, Scotty, of course, Pharrell Coast to Coast on SportsGrid. You go to SportsGrid.com. Check out where you can listen and watch. It's great stuff. I love checking out. Like the uh, Facebook page and watch all the packages and the highlights. There's great content coming out of there. Um, Scotty, I got one last sports question for you uh Deshaun Watson there was that leaked uh thing where hey I want to play for the Dolphins or the Jets which I don't really understand that the Bills look like they're going to be really good for 10 years uh Bill Belichick might get Matt Stafford I here's what I don't want you to be dead honest that's the Washington football team that's kind of lame but the dumpster fires around that organization make them look better, I think, than they are. But they also might be the most stable organization right now in the NFC East, which you haven't been able to say in 25 years. If you're Aaron Rodgers or you're Deshaun Watson or you're Matt Stafford and Washington is one of these teams that's looking for the services as a quarterback and you got Ron Rivera and you won the division and it's a, it's an absolute clown car, all the, the other three teams right now, why wouldn't that be one of the teams that you would be more intrigued by with Terry McLaurin and some of those young pieces on defense? Am I crazy? Am I just in my little, you know, eye of the hurricane here and I don't realize what the reputation still is for this organization? Or no, should it be a I, destination? I think you're right. I, I think that uh, I think people want to play for Ron Rivera. 
they're they're making decisions that I think uh, make them look good. I think that's kind of what Snyder was after. After all they got was bad press and bad intentions and bad everything. It was just awful. He's this, you know, all the stories are just so rampant of just negativity and misery. And then they brought in Rivera. They started making changes to the front office. I think players want to play for him. I'm not sure that I would agree with you that the rest of those teams, like Philly, I think they made a bad decision, but on that coach that no one's ever heard of, um, <laughs> Joe Satriani, the legendary guitarist now coaching uh, in Philly. I thought that was pretty cool, but its I don't think he's a real good coach. But anyway, he could really play high C notes, though. But let me say this. I think Dallas will be good with Dak Prescott huh. and all the talent they have and CeeDee Lamb, et cetera. It goes on and on. And, you know, they can fix that. And I think Joe Judge actually – is headed in the right direction in New York. I think the Giants will be good again in the next uh, couple of years for sure. They they were right there with Washington. It okay. could have gone either way. But I do think that players, quarterbacks, will want to play for them. I do. I think they'll get a, a good quarterback there. I, I believe that fully. I don't know if it'll be Deshaun, but who knows where the, the quarterback carousel will land all these guys if – Stafford ends up in New England. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I've heard Pittsburgh uh, for, you know, all these quarterbacks as well because the fans want Roethlisberger to retire, but that's not happening. You know, he sucks so bad with that 500-yard four-touchdown game that he lost. Uh, you know, if I sucked that bad, I wouldn't even leave the house. I mean, if I threw for 501 and four TDs, I'd be laying naked with three holes <laughs> in my bed right now. And saying, don't worry about those four interceptions, honey. I got these two rings over here. Don't touch them. But I think Washington will get a better quarterback. I don't know if it'll be him. I don't think anybody's afraid of playing in Washington because they're not good. I think the team's good, headed in the right direction. And I think, uh, you know, Haskins ends up in Pittsburgh. I'll be honest with you. When I when they got him, I, I literally took a butcher knife and stuck it through my chest because I think he sucks. I think he's terrible. I think all Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL blow, like just like Indiana basketball players. Bottom line, in the history of Indiana, all those great undefeated '76 team, all the great teams, uh, '87 national champs, whatever, '81. The only player that ever amounted to a hill of beans was Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. One guy. Name one other. None. Uh, you know, people say Calbert, Chaney, whatever. No, like Zeller, he's a pussy. I mean, let's face it. Uh, Ohio State's the same way with quarterbacks. They've never had one quarterback ever amount to a hill of beans. And then one of them ended up in federal prison for 30 years for gambling problems, which today uh, he wouldn't even do time for gambling problems. Crazy. Now they'd send you to a, a Gambler's Anonymous meeting and, and tell you you have an alcohol problem. But bottom line is, I think Haskins sucks. I didn't want him in Pittsburgh, but you know, time will tell if he ever grows the fuck up. You can always donate to The Chad Duke Show using the Donate tab on ChadDukeShow.com. You'll help us keep improving the product, and you'll earn yourself a verbal nod on the next episode. We thank you for your support, friendos. It's the Chad Dukes Show, broadcasting live from Main Street, Fairfax, Virginia, the home of all things talk radio, and a gentleman that it has been my pleasure to have on various different radio projects I've been on throughout my career. Uh, always enjoy talking some cinema with this man. He is the managing editor at Fandango, Fandango.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Davis. That's Eric with a K, Mr. Eric Davis joins me on the Chad Duke Show as we live and breathe. Eric, great to have you on. How are you feeling today, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Man, I haven't talked in a while. I'm happy to be here. It's been a minute, and I always uh, always appreciate you making the time. You're a plugged-in gentleman. I know you got a lot on your plate, but uh, the the I want to talk about Godzilla and Kong, and I want to talk about why this thing... I, I got to be honest with you, Eric. I, I am... Um, I'm a fan of monster movies. I love Pacific Rim. I want to get to that. I saw you retweeting Guillermo del Toro, and he said something very interesting. But I am dubious of this movie just because I wasn't blown away by the first three movies in this series. I think I had Gianna talk about the original Godzilla, and I, I like how they slow played the monster in kind of a Jaws-esque type fashion. But the second movie wasn't very good. I wasn't in love with Skull Island. 
And then there's a lot of baggage with the versus kind of genre where Freddy versus Jason, Alien versus Predator. These things kind of get slapped together. I'm seeing an enormous amount of positivity about this trailer for Godzilla and Kong. Where are you at with this thing right now? I well, I agree with everything that you said except for Kong Skull Island. I actually I actually like that film. And okay. I think actually I think that if uh, you know HBO Max and and Warner Brothers, if they're smart, I, I could see a really cool series uh, that mm. takes place on on Skull Island. I believe that that was in the works because I think that's a fascinating location. Uh, but you know I think there's a a, a couple of things happening. Um, people are hungry for blockbusters. People are hungry for giant popcorn entertainment monsters clashing in in glorious neon colors and destroying cities i mean i think i think people are just hungry for that content right now and so when there is like a first trailer um there's excitement because we're not getting a lot of those kinds of movies right now in fact many of those kinds of movies are being postponed uh over and over again and so uh, I think there's an excitement for just that kind of movie. Uh, I think Godzilla and King Kong just have gigantic fan bases. And I think there are people that have been waiting to see them kind of go at each other. You know, as for the movie itself, I don't know. You know, I, I wasn't crazy about that second Godzilla movie, The King of the Monsters. I just felt like the story was a bit all over the place. I didn't like how the finale was like in the dark, in the rain, yeah. as much as much as... I'm a Yankee fan, and it was fun to watch the Red Sox stadium get destroyed in that film. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I just had some issues with it. I like the first Godzilla. I like Skull Island. So I'm coming into this one sort of like I'm on for the ride. I'm sure. along for the ride. I'm probably not going to be too deeply invested in whatever human story they're trying to to bring together. Um, I kind of just want to watch the monster battles, and and hopefully that they're they're sort of on display in just really interesting, unique fashion. It's a great point. I mean, anything that's coming out right now, it's like here's Kevin Costner and Diane Lane in this quiet revenge thriller. It's a, you're right. It, the over the topness of it is intriguing. Um, let me play devil's advocate again, Eric. And you know me, I can switch my brain off. I can go to the movies and just have fun. You know, roller coasters, a roller coaster. When I went to see Gravity, uh, I didn't need all these different plot points and character development. I was like, wow, technologically, this thing's unbelievable. And I'm glad I'm sitting in a theater to watch it. But that being said, the, the big things crushing a city, I don't know. I feel like Transformers has done in any goodwill towards me being blown away by that at this point. It's not, it's we've kind of gotten lots of that over the years, and I, I keep going back to Pacific Rim. I I hate to harken back. It did it better than I think any of these movies have. Now the second one I, I didn't appreciate, but um, I just don't know that it's as new as it was to have the you know, technologically to be able to put these monsters in this environment and have them slug it out. I feel like we've kind of seen that a lot more than we did the first time when Matthew Broderick's being chased around by Godzilla in the streets of New York City. So I don't know, maybe some of that newness factor is kind of worn off for me. You know, I agree. And it's interesting that you bring up uh, Matthew Broderick Godzilla. And the one thing that I liked about that film is I kind of liked how towards the end of that movie, he's trapped in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And it sort of becomes like, uh, Jurassic kind of, Park, kind of like a yeah, like Jurassic Park, like the end of Jurassic Park or the end of World War Z, when all of a sudden that movie becomes a quiet, intense thriller. And maybe that is the key sometimes with some of these giant monster movies is to kind of you know really invest in those quiet moments uh, that that scare you because I think that it's an action film, yes, but there's also a horror element to monsters being real and being in our world. And I think that when these films lean into that aspect a little bit, it kind of opens it up and we feel different things um, than we than we normally would. I mean, I agree with you. I think Pac Rim is successful because uh, Del Toro knew that uh, in order for these movies to be really engaging, you need to invest in those human characters and those stories need to resonate with people. And I think his film, especially that first Pac Rim, uh, I really felt that, and I cared about these characters as they were going off to fight these monsters. Um, the second Godzilla movie, I, I didn't. I, I, I'll tell you, I didn't know what was going on with, with these characters. Right. And I, I need, I need to go back and watch. Uh, I think the first, uh, all of these films. I think all three. I'm going to go back and watch just so I can see where is that story, and and what can I hang my hat on when it comes to the human side of it, um, because I think that is critical. 
when you have these two monsters fighting and it's stuff that we've kind of seen before. Um, you need the human, that human uh, investment. I would agree. And um, I think that, uh, I think one of the things that made Cloverfield so successful, I always, you know me, I always reference Jaws. It's my favorite movie. I think it's mm -hmm. a perfect movie. And I think so much has been built off of its back, but I, the only reason I'm worried about this is like, well, we know exactly what this is, and eventually you're going to see that right hook of Kong on the top of that ship hit punch Godzilla in the face, and we're all going to be waiting for it. But the slow play, I think, is so important, and I think it's one of the reasons that original Cloverfield stuck with so many people, and maybe it's because it's found footage and you didn't see that in a, in a monster movie, but you didn't see that thing in its glory until, you know, a little snippet at the very end of the film and i just think when you build that anticipation and then finally there's especially like the, like i said the original godzilla did a, a fairly good job of that and i think one of the reasons why the second one didn't work is it was just all monsters all the time from the very beginning and while you know the monsters are what's bringing us to the table to be able to build up until that uh, you know initial explosion i always think that works so well in that genre yeah i i agree i think uh and you look at that original cloverfield and there's moments too like you know, that they're in the subway system and it's all black and there's creatures down there oh, yeah. and they don't know what's going on. You know, like those kinds of moments, moments sprinkled in a giant monster movie are what you, you remember uh, because you're on the edge of your seat and it's dark and you don't know what's going on. And I think that you need that thriller aspect uh, of these films. And, um, you know, I agree. I think that you're going to, you know, a lot of people are going to kind of sit there and, and, you know, if you can watch this on a big screen, if you can watch it on an IMAX screen, I think that's sort of how it's intended to watch a movie like this. Um, I think you'll get the most out of that experience. Um, you know, uh, and so, and we'll see, we'll see what they do. I like the director, Adam Wingard. He, he did a movie uh, called The Guest. Uh, that was flick. really, really good. Yeah. Um, I, 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 if I would be, do do yourself a favor, go to IMDb, and look up that guy, Adam Wingard, the guy that directed this movie. Go watch a couple of his movies uh, because he's really good. He's really good at character. He's really good at tension. He's really good at making it stylistic. Uh, I look at those neon shots in the trailer and it reminds me of some of the stuff that he did in The Guest. And so I, I would go watch some of that stuff that, that this director has worked on. I guarantee, especially if you're a horror fan, a thriller fan, you'll really like uh, some of his work. All right, well, before we move on from the movie, we mentioned what uh, Guillermo del Toro tweeted out. I saw that you retweeted it, and he's saying, if, for those that didn't see it, somebody, you know, they were talking about these, these shots that you're talking about. They released these stills from the movie, and you see Godzilla walking the streets, and he's bathed in this neon light and flanked by skyscrapers. Very cool. And it looks a lot and harkens to Pacific Rim, and someone pointed that out, and he said, hey, maybe these two universes uh, exist in the same realm. Is that a guy that, and I love the dude because he's a fanboy. He loves the creatures. He loves the movies. I think to your point, Eric, that's why Pac Rim was such a, a success is because you got a guy that's familiar and has this adoration. Is that just, you know, a guy that's still a fanboy spitballing? Or maybe do you think there's been some conversations? Because I know they're hinting at Mechagodzilla inside the confines of this movie. But wow, if you want to take this universe to an even bigger height, like combining two additional blockbusters together and intertwining those, that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things there. First of all, if I was in charge of this whole thing, I would have went all the way back to the beginning and put Guillermo del Toro in charge of this Godzilla Kong hmm. universe. Uh, I would have just started with him and had him be the, 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 kind, the guy that puts it all together. But you don't have that situation. And so he went off and did his Pac Rim movies uh, to show his love of the kaiju through that, while at the same time, there's this parallel path of these Godzilla and King Kong movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're entering the era of the multiverse. And uh, the you know I, that's the next logical expansion of the sort of cinematic universe that Marvel and DC have been playing with. And now we see Marvel and DC are going full steam into that multiverse with both of their superhero properties. Uh, how is that going to impact the rest of the IP and the franchises around them? Um, and you're definitely, yeah, you're going to see other franchises look around and say, what two characters, what, what do we have in, in, our, in our landscape that we can tap into as everybody's geeking out about multiverse stuff? What can we do? And it makes sense. You know, yeah, can we, do we have enough here to do a Pac Rim meets Godzilla Kong uh, sort of situation? And, and you could totally see that. 
Um, and it'll be interesting, you know, especially with Warner Brothers because they have this HBO Max component like Disney has the Disney Plus component. And how are they going to play with that? Are they going to have some series that are set in this world? Uh, and are they going to feed into the movies? Um, and I think that everybody right now is looking at what they have to offer, how it can combine. I'm sure we're going to see some weird combinations of things. Uh, they were trying to get like a 22 Jump Street meets uh, Men in Black. That was almost happening. I think that's off the table now. But you may see some franchises that they throw together to take advantage of this multiverse era that we're entering. Uh, some of them may be really cool. Some of them may be really stupid. Uh, but get ready to see uh, some of that stuff. So I would not be surprised. And if they do it, I would I would put Del Toro in charge of it. I think there's no, uh, he is the master of creature work right now, working today. Uh, and and I think he is just a glorious man in general. Uh, met him several times, and I I would put him in charge of that. Blade Two, one of the most underrated monster movies I've ever seen. If anybody has <laughs> has not seen the sequel to that movie, just some tremendous work with vampiric. Uh, creatures running around fighting Chris Christopherson and Wesley Snipes. You can't beat it. Um, at Eric Davis, follow him on Twitter. Eric, I'm a, I'm a I've been a Mortal Kombat fan my whole life. I remember where I was when I first saw the game in the arcade and Time Out, the upstairs of Springfield Mall, and the blood and the gore. And I remember being nervous that my mom was going to watch me see watch the game being played because it was just so over the top at the time and it's become this institution and it's kind of reinvigorated itself and it's it's this crazy cultural phenomenon um that being said i'm always very nervous when we get down to oh there's a month away and we don't have a trailer for this movie i know it's going to be one of these hbo max guys that we're seeing but uh, any chance they're waiting for the Super Bowl? Is a Mortal Kombat trailer worth going to the Super Bowl? I know they released those stills. We have a couple of animations. They're running for the commercials for HBO Max, but I'm surprised with how little there is out about that movie. Yeah, you know, I, I you say I remember growing up on the arcade game. I remember going to see that first film in 95. I loved it. Uh, in the early era of surround sound. Uh, and I remember going to like a midnight show with my buddies and sitting in the fourth row and it like blew me away. I remember we got the soundtrack and the days of the techno nonsense uh, blasting it in the car. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they have a trailer cut. I mean, they've, they've teased it already. They're, they've rolled out the first images of it. You can see a, a shot of the trailer in, in an H, HBO Max preview. Uh, and yeah, you, you look at something like that. You look at something like Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. Um, you know, both of them are said to, you know, uh, Snyder cut said to be coming out in, in March. Uh, the other one in, in April, Mortal Kombat. So, yeah, I mean, I would expect to see, I don't know if we'll see it during the Super Bowl. I don't know what they'll, what the studios are promoting during the Super Bowl, but we also see studios release trailers around the Super Bowl, right. even if it's not during the show. Uh, so the way that, that that's happened, it's evolved over the years. Um, you kind of have to say the Super Bowl timeframe uh, in terms of when we might see a trailer. And yeah, I think it's imminent that we see a Mortal Kombat trailer. Um, and I'm just as curious to see what the, what that film is because I think there's a lot of potential there, um, you know, with like a, a really cool badass fight movie. Um, the choreography, fight choreography, has advanced. We've seen really cool movies like The Raid uh, and and sort of these aggressive fight movies, John Wick, that have sort of bubbled up uh, in 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 the last kind of uh, decade. And uh, you know, where does Mortal Kombat fit in with that? I think it could fit in very nicely. Um, because it's got that heightened genre element aspect to it too. So we'll see. Um, you know, I think Warner Brothers has been a bit aggressive and a bit badass with some of these these characters. You know, the Suicide Squad, that James Gunn movie is going to be like hard R. Uh, the Jokers are. They're not afraid to sort of take some big swings with some of this stuff and make it a bit more heavier and graphic than we, we would uh, expect. So uh, I hope they go that route and I hope it's cool. Make sure you sign up for the Chad Duke Show mailing list on chaddukeshow.com. Be the first to know what's happening on the program and maybe even win a prize or two. We promise we won't fill up your inbox with tasteful nudes. Well, we promise we'll truly make an effort not to. Well, I can see that we have an in-studio guest, so I probably, without further delay, should go ahead and hit this button. This is the Body Mass Index on the Chad Dukes Show. Is that deep breathing in the background like somebody's out of breath? Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, this is the very first rendition, mark it down on your steno pads, 
of the Body Mass Index on the Chad Duke Show. Uh, Tor and I are joined by, of course, the MVP of Friday nights here on the Chad Duke Show, Ant-Man is live in studio. Hello, Ant-Man. How are you? Hey, boys. How are you? It is hard to hear you. Now, Tor, can you raise him up a little bit, or is that just his face shield? I'll raise him up. For those of you that don't know, um, much of the listening audience blamed Ant-Man for me getting COVID. And so today, I guess, is this to protect me or to protect you, Ant-Man? This is to protect me from you two. You two are the super spreaders. Oh, so you think we're... And I am trying to shield myself from taking that terrible vet stuff home. Terrible stuff home. Okay, so you think... So Tor gets lumped in too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. You know, the state of Virginia called me two days ago and said I'm fine, right? Yeah, I don't trust them, man. You don't trust the state. Well, you've, yeah. been, a, you've been a guest of the state a couple of times, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. So if you wonder why Ant-Man sounds a little muffled, he is uh, physically wearing one of those Andy Reid face shields over his face, even though we're broadcasting into a microphone. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that, that's very true. All right, so... Hey, man, you were very excited to partake in this segment. Um, and what you, you, I see a lot of preparation over there. Now, yep. I also see that we're going to be trying a brand new soda today, and you have it upside down <laughs> on the table. Did you notice that, Tor? That he actually had the open. That out. I didn't see it. The <laughs> aperture was face down. It'd be difficult to drink. Um, so, we're going to do the BMI maybe every week, maybe every other week. It, it depends. And uh, basically, what's going to happen is that Ant Man is going to bring something in here uh, that he went out on his own and tried. It could be, what, I mean, fast food, maybe something in the freezer aisle at the grocery store, maybe something you found in a Sheets or a 7-Eleven. Anything that is unhealthy, right? Correct. Anything with a lot of calories and sugar, I'm all in. Nobody's more qualified. Um, to give a little bit of your background, because maybe they're just saying, oh, Dukes is having one of his friends on. No, I, I think you're a fast food expert. How many times a week would you say you eat fast food? Um, well, I eat McDonald's breakfast almost every day. Every day. Um, since I got an Arby's gift card for Christmas, I've been going to Arby's probably two times a week. <laughs> it's a very generous gift from it, a close friend of his. It was, and it's, I, I still, it's still going. And I eat at least two sandwiches a day. Yeah, see, me. I don't know if I believe that. It was only $100. I imagine it would take you about three or four days to get through that. <laughs> well, here's what I said, Tor. I went to go get uh, Ant-Man a gift card because last year I got him $100 to McDonald's. And my wife said, well, I thought he liked McDonald's. Why are you getting him Arby's? And I'm like, look, variety is the spice of life. He needs to <laughs> mix up the diet a little bit, you know? So, I mean, what better way to do that than to let somebody peruse the menu at a delicious Arby's where they have the meats? Yeah, I mean, Arby's is great. I just had the, the Bacon Ranch Club. You sound like you're in a missile silo right now. It uh, is so funny. It's my favorite part of the segment thus far. <laughs> Uh, you had the what now? I'm sorry. The, the turkey bacon ranch club sandwich, and it was a 10. It yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, they. well, I mean, you only eat McDonald's. There's other places that have other sandwiches. I, you I know. know. You're you're inspiring me to venture out. All right, very good. Uh, and then after that, uh, we are going to uh, get into some of the latest news uh, in the world of fast food. What, what were we calling that segment, Tor? Didn't we have a name for that as well? You don't know? Oh, well, um, uh, the dollar menu. The dollar menu is what we're going to call it, where oh, we go man. around the table and we share uh, food stories that we're excited about. All right, so that's basically the bones of the segment. Pretty straightforward. We cobbled it together. Um, for the very first BMI, uh, Ant-Man, what did you try and review for us this week? Well, I tried to review the Budweiser crab cake. You just punched the microphone with your, uh, oh, your face shield there. Uh, yeah. that, it's hard to tell how far it goes out, you know? Fart, it goes out. Yeah. I get it. But at least you're being, you're being really safe right now. That's correct. Finally, you are respecting the COVID virus. Yeah. All right. Um, but I obviously need to take a cooking class because the crab cakes went terribly wrong. By the time I pulled them out, they were like rocks. Now, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Give some context here. You went to the freezer aisle yep. and you bought CPAC Budweiser brand frozen crab cakes. Correct. And they, they were supposed to have been made with Budweiser beer, but you had to take them home, put them on a cookie sheet and slide them into the oven. Correct. And that didn't go so well. That went awful. I thought I read the directions perfectly, preheated the oven. Right. I still don't know where I went wrong, but okay. I know I went wrong somewhere because even my dad looked at him and he goes, what the hell did you do? Okay. All right. <laughs> now, Tor, I'm not a, I'm not kidding you. I've seen these things that if someone that's heated up maybe a million frozen fruit aisle uh, offerings. Yeah. It's impossible to fuck up. Like you, you preheat to 350, you pop it in probably for 11 minutes, and then you, you slide it right back out and everything's fine. 
so you have no idea how you fucked that up, Ant-Man. No idea. So I'm going to try it again for the next You know, one. bachelors have been living in the frozen food aisle of grocery stores for 75 years. I know, but I've been living with Mark and Kathy for about four. Okay. So okay. I haven't had to cook a thing. So you, that, you were going to review the, the Budweiser CPAC crab cakes from the freezer aisle, but that went busto. Right. Because you burnt the shit out of them. Yes. Okay. So then what did you settle on? I also found Utz cheese balls cheese filled in the frozen food aisle so it is a cheese ball okay it's, it's got a fried exterior with real cheese in the interior uh same deal you got to cook it in the oven uh it, it took 10 minutes to do them uh i actually cooked them twice because i i knew that if i messed up the first time then i had some backups okay um so there was 25 in the box the box was 5.99 that uh, sounds like a bargain yeah it was actually a really good deal um there's five pieces per serving. They're about the size of, uh, they're about two times the size of a cheese ball. So is, they're pretty good size. Is there any bigger fucking gimmick, though, than the per serving? Because all they do is they get away with saying, oh, it's only 250 calories per serving. And then the, the serving is not enough for an infant child. I ate the whole box. <laughs> Five servings per box. Okay. <laughs> so now, when you say cheese balls, you're saying that they're bigger than the actual, if you bought a barrel. Of Utch, because there's people that listen to this that aren't on the East Coast. Utch cheese balls come in a giant fucking like spackle bucket translucent barrel. Correct. So they they're bigger than those because those are kind of small. I feel like you could put a couple of those in your mouth at a time, but five or six. Yeah. If you really want to get ambitious. Easy. So these were bigger than that. Um, they were actually I thought they were a perfect size. Okay. Uh, you know, because you could just pop them in and, and gnaw them and, and put them away. Gnaw them. Yeah. I got you. Um, and then. The only problem I found, and, and I'm glad I did it twice to see, um, is when you're cooking them, the cheese from the inside melts out to the exterior. Okay. So it was kind of messy, and it didn't keep all the cheese on the inside, and then it was stuck to the pan. So I, I feel like if there was a better way to keep all that cheese on the inside, it would be a better snack for sure. You're saying it wasn't a seaworthy vessel, that there was cracks in the veneer. But did it do the bit where it like oozes out and then it kind of solidifies so you have like a nice little cheese shelf underneath it? I love that it, bit. Yeah, it did do that. Okay. And, and it was good. I mean, believe me, I scraped the plate clean. Okay. That, that is something I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, for it also had 18 grams of fat, which is a good thing. Per serving? Uh, per five cheese balls. Yeah, oh, Jesus serving. Christ. So, that adds up. Yeah, <laughs> I think shit. I had 120 grams of fat today. Oh, my God. You ate these today? Oh, yeah. That's what I had for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have a fresh opinion. <laughs> that is tremendous. Uh, each serving has 23 carbs in it. Okay. And then there's 840 milligrams of sodium. Oh, that's the rough part right there. So yeah. you definitely, you're you're loaded up on, you're, you're buoyant. Yeah. You're a salty mess right now. I am now. done for the day. Okay. I've crushed all the bad stuff I can have. Very good. I'm sure you're going to eat healthy the rest of the day. It's going to be nothing but broccoli flour. No, that ain't happening. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so my overall grade on it was a 3.625. I gave the taste. A 3.625? Well, let me explain. All right. I graded it on four things. Uh, the price, $5.99. I gave it a 3.5. I feel like they could have put some more cheese balls in there. I was expecting like 40 or so, and I got 24. 40. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like your bagel bites type deal, or what are those, uh, the Totino's yeah, the pizza Totino's bites? Pizza There's like 90 of them in a big sack. Yeah, I was kind of expecting that, and right. I didn't get that. Uh, the consistency, I gave it a 2.5 just because the cheese oozed out of the ball and it, it didn't really keep the whole thing together. And maybe I was being a little harsh on it that. It really sounds like you're being I, critical. I was upset when the cheese was all over the place. You sound upset. I was. Uh, the taste, I gave it a 4.5, though. Um, and, and the size of the ball, I gave it a 4. All right, so the ball, the ball size <laughs> yeah. is conducive to a pleasurable oral experience. Correct. Okay. So a three. What was the official score again? Three point six two five. Okay, moving forward, Ant Man. I appreciate your attention to detail, but maybe we want to round up. You okay. know, to a point five or a solid number or something. So I'll give it need. a four then. Well, let's just keep it three point six two five for now, because I want to stay true to what your original vision was for okay. it. So that so that's a decent score for the Utz frozen cheese balls. And where did you buy them? I got them at Giant, and I would buy them again. Okay. All right. So if you're uh, if you have a giant near you and you'd like to give those a go, uh, interesting. Okay. Good. Well, I I probably would try those based on your recommendation because I think I probably could do a better job of uh, preparing them as well. Uh, now I noticed you brought a uh, 
a Tupperware container in with you. Yeah, so I also, while I was at Giant, stumbled across, they are a limited edition Betty Crocker Dunkaroos sugar cookie and vanilla frosting with rainbow sprinkles. Everybody so, loves Dunkaroos. Now, Tor, are you too young to remember the Dunkaroos snacks that would go in your lunch bag? I am, but I'm also a big fan of sugar cookies. Okay, so. all right. Well, what they used to be is, are they graham cracker? Because I thought the little kangaroo was a graham cracker guy, and you would dip it into the cup of icing. Thank you, Tor. So the, the kangaroo was the graham cracker, uh, so it's a little different, but apparently this is the same frosting that is th that you used to dunk the oh. dunkaroos into. Mine just fell onto the table. Um, Tor, what it was is it would be a, a, like a, a rectangular container, and you would peel back the cellophane on the top, and there would be a large bin of... Uh, cookie kangaroos and you would dip them in this very sweet frosting my ex-girlfriend actually used to love them i used to send them to her while she was going to college and then she fucked her ex-boyfriend and left me <laughs> oh that's uh, cruel did yeah, you get your yeah. dunkaroos back huh did you get your no no she back? kept those oh, uh, she man. also she gave me back the engagement ring though didn't want to keep that <laughs> uh that was that was low um all right so we're just trying these as a uh yeah just wanted to bring them in let everybody taste them all right i'm, I, I'm getting some of my taste back so i'm excited for that uh, cool, cool. And pour you a, a sugar cookie, fam. Big time. No, you didn't make these, ma'am. No, Kathy did, because mm. I knew I would mess them up. So, Kathy saw what you did to the crab cakes and said, let me make the Dunkaroos cookies. Well, she actually said, you're never cooking in this house again. Good. Smart. <laughs> Smart. Of course, for those of you that don't know, Kathy was um, part of uh, Ant-Man's sober ride home two Fridays ago when he had his parents come here up here to the... Uh, to the Fortress of Solid Dudes and scoop him up and then also drive his uh, Hyundai, Santa, Hyundai Santa Fe back to his house so he wouldn't be inconvenienced. That's correct. Um, Tor, you're a sugar cookie fan. Why don't you go first and uh, let people know what you think of these? I already ate the second one hmm. that I picked up. I mean, this uh, Kathy whipped it up, man. Th maybe it's just because she's... That sounds mom. really sexual. <laughs> yeah. She knows how to, how to do it. Right. It reminds me of the, like, the good Christmas cookies that you get uh, with that just, you know, it's just a... Like, Normal frosting is what I got from that, which was it was good. It was sweet. The cookie itself was good. Really liked it. If it's out of five, I don't know, four point five. Wow, that is a really good score. It is. You're gonna learn to keep it in your pants at some point, young man. Um, here's what I'll give him credit for: that icing does taste like the Dunkaroos icing. Like they didn't just slap the fucking brand name on there for nostalgic purposes. That cookie actually gives you a pretty good representation of a Dunkaroos conveyance. I, I would wish the cookie was more of a graham cracker crunch, which I think um, the original Dunkaroos was. But uh, she also did a great job there. Um, I don't know if crispy is the right word, but generally like when you get those freezer cookies, sometimes the, the texture isn't very good. I like it very much. I'm only going to give it a three just because it's so incredibly sweet, the, 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 the icing as it was in the original Dunkaroos. I don't think I could eat more than four or five of them, but uh, for a freezer cookie, pretty damn good. I'll give it a three. Yes. So I, I loved these cookies. Um, and, and just so you know, like these were, you could either make 24, which I did with these, or Smart. you can make six big ones. Um, I couldn't, now that I've had them, I couldn't, well, let, I'm not kidding. Come on, let's not. I could eat a big one. Thank you. <laughs> Isolate that. I, I could eat a big one. Um, I love sweets and I love sugar. So the sweets this first I've heard of this. Me. Uh, and I did really enjoy the consistency of the cookie, like you said. I'd give it a 3-5. I think they nailed the flavor um, of the Dunkaroo stuff that you did. It they did a good job of representing the brand is what I would say. Yeah, they did. If you're and, a fan uh, of the Dunkaroo brand. Yeah, so 3-5. I love it. I might go buy some more of these as well. Do you guys want to hear my impression of the uh, the Dunkaroos jingle from the original commercial? I would love to. Because right. <clears throat> I believe they went with an Aussie gimmick where it was Australia. Mm -hmm. Went something like this. <clears throat> this is going to be really awkward for the two of you. Dunkaroos, Dunkaroos. You don't just eat them, you Dunkaroos. Thank you. <laughs> That's Thank actually you. a really good impression. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Tor has no idea. Well, people can look it up on YouTube, baby, and they can compare my impression to the, the original. Um, all right, before we move on to our dollar menu items, um, about a week ago, I brought in the Canada Dry Bold Ginger Ale. Now, this isn't brand new. There's that commercial they're running with the sassy grandmother where it's like, this isn't your grandmother's ginger ale, and she's shooting pool and being crazy. Um but I love ginger ale, and I can't imagine Canada Dry Bold Ginger Ale is going to be anything but even better. Uh, a couple of people have actually said that they enjoyed it quite a bit. They also mentioned it's good for uh, if you're making um, mixed drinks, like if you're mixing it up with some actual gin or whatever it is you put into uh, 
uh, seven and seven or whatever you would make. Um, so I'm interested maybe in the future to, to try it with spirits, but since we're all here now, and I, I believe we all like a nice soda pop, um, let's go ahead and give it a go. The uh, smell very similar to normal ginger ale, I would say, but of course my senses are a little dead right now. All right. Okay, I'm gonna go first, if you don't mind. Toy, you're grimacing, why don't you go first? <laughs> I always like it when someone's in yeah. pain. What the hell is this? Oh, you're not a fan. No, I like gin ginger ale. The, the only two sodas I'll ever drink is ginger ale, a regular, uh, the ginger ale di diet, or maybe a Dr. Pepper. Really? Th those are like the only this? ones. This, I don't know what this is. You seem very hostile. I, 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 because I like ginger ale so much. Okay. That this bold, I don't know what the flavor. Maybe I'm just not, maybe my palate isn't complex enough. Can I hypothesize something? Please do. I think it's a bolder ginger ale. That's what I think it is. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm not getting that. Okay. I, I'm not. All right. Really? Um, oh, go ahead, Ant-Man. It sounds like you're a fan. I, I, I love it. I mean, I like ginger ale anyway, but this has like that little extra punch of taste and flavor to it. Um, I would definitely just drink this by itself, and I could see that it would probably be really good mixed with spirits. Uh, it. 140 calories, that ain't bad for a soda. It's actually pretty bad. Um, oh, it is? Well, I think I think maybe Mountain Dew is about a buck 60, but I think normal sodas are about a buck 20, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I know nothing. So you think this is like a healthy alternative to what well, you normally zero drink? zero fat in it, which is good. There you there's go. a lot of carbs, 36, Just like your midsection, 50. zero fat. Yeah, well, that I wish. That'll never happen. Okay. But I, I love this. I would definitely drink a whole case of these. All right, let's score it, boys. Let's pretend like we know what we're doing. I'd give it a 3-5. Okay, Tor? 1-5. All right, that's really harsh. Um, I'm with that, man. Uh, it starts off, from what I can tell, again, my senses are a little uh, deadened right now, but tastes like a kind of a normal ginger ale at the top, and then there's a um, kind of a rush of ginger at the end. It almost punches you, and there's a little bit of a burn because ginger can be a little abrasive. Anybody that has those, uh, you know, if you get like a ginger and soy flavored anything, you can really kind of tell if you have a nice bottle of a ginger beer, which generally is more pungent than a ginger ale. Um, I like it, it from what I can tell with the deadened senses. And I, I'm with Ant-Man. I definitely would love to try mixing this with probably a clear liquor of some sort. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half just based on what I can taste now. And if you are a ginger ale, I see the part that's kind of confusing me about Tor Ant-Man is that he's like, I'm a ginger ale fan. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I don't... That's so weird. Yeah, that's really odd. It would be like if somebody went to Little Caesars, like, wait a minute, I like Papa John's. What's this bullshit? Like, you can still tell <laughs> it's pizza, you know? Yep. Like, it's in the same family. But Tor's his own man. Even though both of you live with your parents, I'll give it a... Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a hook, a hook, a hoe. And uh, maybe when I get my senses back, I can adjust that uh, score a little bit. Remember to follow the show on social media at Chad Dukes on Twitter and Chad Dukes Show on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Wow. I tell you what, these Friday episodes are awesome. It's like we pack a week's worth of goodness into uh, one lunchable sized segment. Thank you to Eric Davis. Thank you to Scott Farrell. Uh, thank you to Amman and doing the BMI, the Body Mass Index. I got to say, Tor, if you want to. You want to let people know if you're going to lead with your strongest material to kind of try to get that foot in the door. I feel like this is a really good way to do it. We're kicking that door and waving the four four, and all we're here is Papa, don't hit me no more. I feel like that's what this episode's all about. This was if you listen to this whole episode and you aren't thinking of subscribing, I don't know what you're doing. They're nuts. They're mentally ill for God's sakes. Because if this is just a sample of what they get, think about how many tentacle sex jokes. Mm. Uh, they got just during this week's episodes alone. I do like that you're embracing that, by the way. I do, I do see you kind of becoming more and more okay with the fact that we know that about your private life. I feel like if I if I don't embrace it and I fight back, it'll just get worse. Your yeah, penis ever smell like calamari? No. No? Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. Well, I just want to make sure. I don't know. I, I don't know, you know the lengths of which you go to. Um, big thanks, big ups, big verbal nod to our presenting sponsor, Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Love them. So many delicious specials. You really should follow them on uh, Instagram. They have a tremendous Instagram, at uh, Monk's Barbecue. And uh, I talked to uh, Money Monk, who's going to uh, be back in very soon for the uh, next rendition of Bourbons of the Roundtable that we do, one of our most popular segments, I'd say. 
Uh, and he said people on the weekends flock to monks listen to the Chad Duke show. And that's great. That's awesome. But, man, they got happy hours. They do uh, events during the week. They had dart night. They got whiskey Wednesdays. Stop on by during the week as well. Get yourself some pastrami brisket. They always have specials going. Oh, man, the cornbread with the custard in the middle. And you can go upstairs and get some of that tipped cow creamery ice cream. Best ice cream in the world. Uh, check them out. It's uh, monksq.com for the, um, what is that called? The menu. The menu. That's that's, what's, that's where they line up all the food and they let you know what they have. So uh, many thanks to Monks Barbecue. And, uh, of course, thank you to all of you guys for checking out the show. I'm We're going to be poor until you sign up for a week's worth of episodes. Go to chatdukesshow.com. Subscribe. We think you'll... Uh, You'll be glad you did immediately. Thank you to Scott Farrell. Thank you to Eric Davis. Thank you to Ant-Man. Tor, thank you to you. Appreciate you being you. And all of you filthy animals, thank you for checking out the program. We will see you tonight for the Chad Duke Show Friday Night Hootenanny on Facebook Live. And then, of course, new episodes at 2 p.m. all next week. If the good Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll meet you back here on the Internet tonight. Roll out the trash cans. Tail pain.